Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. All right, so right when you think you know the NFL, something happens. Just when you think maybe you've got the AFC figured out, for instance, and that it is the Titans who are actually the team to beat. Then they go out and they lose to the Texans. Hell yes, I said it. The 8-2 and two Titans, one of the alleged locks of the week, go out and lose to the freaking Texans. Yeah, I know. Some of you will come in here slinging your bull crap about how you knew that they were never as good as their record said they were at 8-2. and two. That you knew that they were a pretender more than a contender. That they would get exposed. That they would get their comeuppance. And that you knew that. Actually, no, you didn't. You didn't know that. You know how I know that you didn't know that? Because this season, no one knows anything about the NFL. It's that insane around the NFL right now. Because the truth is, they actually were as good as their record said they were. Not only were they 8-2, and two, they were 7-0 and oh against teams who made the playoffs last year. They were good. Good enough and tough enough then not only did they not implode and melt down when Derrick Henry went down, they looked like they might not even miss him. They hammered the Rams. They beat the Saints. Then again, those two teams may not be who we thought they were because nothing is as it appears in the NFL this season because in walks the one-win Texans to deal with the AFC's alleged best. And what happens? The Titans promptly fall behind 19-0 to a team that had lost eight straight. How the hell does that work? Which is why nobody knows anything about the NFL right now. Not even the ones who are supposed to know something about the NFL right now. Nobody knows jack about the NFL right now. Especially our very own big head, James Kelly. It was big head who threw down his Friday picks on big head bets and promptly went one in four. It's a good thing that I cautioned you during that segment that you got to understand, if you're at 500, you're doing pretty well. If you're better, if you're at 55%, you're doing really well. If you're at 60%, you're damn near a pro. Good thing I hit you with that prior to him going one in four. However, at least he's owning it. At least the big head is owning it and handling it like a man. That's right. Sure he's not. I'll tell you what. I got a problem with people who do not own their decisions, who do not own their choices, who do not own their actions, who do not own their entire lives, and are always blaming somebody else for something they did. That's the big head this morning after going one and four. I'm telling you this, dude, not only is his head enormous, he's got an excuse for everything. It's like, oh, yeah, Lamar, Lamar was out. Oh, uh, one overturned INT, and I'm three and two. Right, head? Right. And like I said last week, if the queen had a package, she'd be the king. In fact, brah, quick question. Do you ever own anything? Winthrop. Anything. This guy literally tried to tell me, yeah, hey, uh, boss, yeah, the thing is, I'm burning it at both ends. Uh, I'm actually overworked. Burning. You're burning it at both ends, head. Burning. You're overworked, head. Dude, you work 15 minutes a week. How the hell can you blame it on being overworked? 
15 minutes a week. I went to New York and back this weekend. I was in New York for like a total of 15 hours. You work 15 minutes a week. I even had a voice crack on that head. 15 minutes a week, brah. Come on, man. Save it. Save it, head. Or better yet, own it, head. Come on, dude. Yeah, I'm overworked. Yeah, you're not. Back to the Titans. Even as crazy as this shield is this season, man, this is a hard one to wrap my head around. They were 8-2. They had overcome a ton of adversity. And they go out and they get rocked by a team who, frankly, probably doesn't even give a damn if they do win or lose. If anything, they're probably, they'd probably rather lose because that way their biggest goal is still their biggest goal, getting the number one pick. Freaking Titans. Freaking Titans. 7-0 against playoff teams and 0-1 against the bleeping Texans because that makes so much sense. Yo, one last thought on that. How bad were the Texans? They averaged just over seven and a half points a game on the road. Name me a worse offense than that. Like ever. Ryan Tannehill went from a guy who was actually getting some MVP run going into that game to a dude who threw four picks to the Texans. There was a conversation on the NFL today when I was there yesterday about who was more valuable to the Titans, Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill. And it was a legitimate question. It was. Or at least it was until Ryan Tannehill looked like Matt Schaub going against Matt Schaub's old team. Except, I don't want to say that it's only the Titans or all on the Titans. The Titans were not the only ones who crapped the bed yesterday. The Indianapolis Colts were so damn good, they're going to get their own take. Which means, Bill's Mafia, I hate to say it, but you know your dudes are going to be a part of that take. One thing to lose, quite another to get hammered like that. I never thought that this Bills team would ever be on the other side of a nice, swift ass-kicking like that. swift ass-kicking. It's Pat Tillman, RIP. Yeah, but they were. They were on the other side of a nice, swift ass-kicking like that. Never thought that I would see that. Hey, how about the 49ers? How about the 49ers swallowing up nearly the entire first quarter with their opening drive against Jacksonville? 13 minutes and 5 seconds. Man, what that must have been like for Herb to watch that. Man, that had to have been, I don't know, what's the word? Devastating. What's another word? Heartbreaking. That was devastating. Heartbreaking. Man, Buddy must have needed a night out after that. Buddy! Was Buddy on the first thing burning out of Jayville? Burning. To go tear it up and see bus again after that happened? Did he get off the jet rocking his Buckeye pullover and head straight to the bar that he owns? Because I would not have blamed Buddy if he did. Because the Niners were a team on a short week coming all the way across the country and they punched you in the face all damn day. And wasn't Buddy... The guy who made the most absurd statement in league history when he said that he wanted an offense that could go 250-250 every Sunday. 250 yards rushing, 250 yards passing. Man, that statement looks more and more idiotic, doesn't it? By the hour. Good take, buddy. 
especially since your offense accounted for 200 total yards yesterday, which is tied for the fifth worst performance in franchise history. Given that Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect in a generation and that Buddy is allegedly an offensive genius, it's kind of jarring to see Lawrence struggling the way he is. Buddy's not developing his young quarterback. If anything, Lawrence is getting worse, not better. Of course, Buddy, who has never owned anything, was not about to start owning anything right now. You get your ass kicked, and there's going to be a day we don't get our ass kicked here. That's coming. And I uh, know that guy's going to be part of it, that six-foot-whatever-he-is quarterback. Yeah, I'm not sure you'll be there, though, buddy, when it happens. I mean, maybe that thing will turn, and maybe you won't be getting your ass kicked, or they won't be getting their asses kicked. But I'll tell you what, I'm not sure you're going to be there. In fact, I can pretty much guarantee you won't be there. And how about the Minnesota Vikings? How about the Vikes getting up by double digits on the best team in the division, blowing that lead, coming back to take the lead again, and blowing it again? The most Vikings thing ever. How many times have we seen that movie? How many times have we seen that team pull that crap? Like almost every team time. Remember, this is the only team in the league to hold a lead of at least seven points in every single game this year, and yet they're still for five and five. So clearly, they were going to find a way to lose a close game because that's pretty much what they do. It's kind of who they are or were because somehow, some way, Minnesota pulled this one right out their backside and they stunned the Packers who let a golden opportunity slip. Snap, spot, Joseph. Yes, he did. He walked off on the Green Bay Packers who have lost their first division road game in three years. The final score, Minnesota 34, Green Bay 31. Didn't see that coming. Not when they blew another lead and Green Bay needed that. Vikes needed that. So that's a big win and a tough loss. So, like, you don't know what to expect, right? These are such tumultuous times in and around the league. Such turbulent times. Where do you turn for some stability? Where do you turn for something that you can rely on? I'll tell you where. Chicago. Chicago, of course. If you feel like everything is out of control and spinning crazy, just check out the Chicago Bears, same as they ever were. Check out the Chicago Bears where everything still sucks. Check out Matt Nagy, who inevitably will say or do something dumb or both every single Sunday. And no, I'm not talking about his headset going out at the worst time. I'm talking about their entire act yesterday. They're three and seven. They've lost five in a row. They're awful. But damn, it feels good to be talking about the Bears once again. And they earned it because yesterday's loss was the most Bears loss in a long, long time. Four starters. They were playing against Lamar Jackson's backup. Jackson could not go. So Tyler Huntley got the start. Then the Bears lose Justin Fields to a rib injury in the third quarter. Hey, but don't sweat that. They still have Andy Dalton. Dalton for moments just like this. And all Dalton does is come off the bench and create some red rifle magic. Ravens bring in the house. Pressure comes. Hit as he throws. Down the field. He's got Goodwin over the shoulder. 10, 5, 
Touchdown Bears! But there's a penalty marker. Now Dalton did get hit. This suspense is killing. the passer. Defense Woo! number 99. He's over the play as a touchdown. Adafe Owe. Touchdown Bears! Woo! Andrew, Gregory, Dalton, legend. My man, fourth and 11 for a three-win team. And the Red Rifle dials up that bomb. What an absolute ginger stud. Come in, drop that dime, win the game for the Bears. After all, they're up four with less than two minutes left against an inexperienced QB and a team that has not scored a TD all day. What could possibly go wrong? What could go wrong? There was going to be an amazing Bears moment. What could go wrong? Only this on third and 12 with 33 seconds left. Pressure's coming. Graham is providing it. The pass is caught by Watkins at the four-yard line. What a play by Huntley. Oh! That is an undrafted QB hitting you for that. That's a guy who did not know he was even starting until he got a text from Lamar as he was walking to the team bus. And he just did you that. Or did you like that? Of course the Ravens punched it in. And of course they won that game. Because they're the Ravens and the other team is the Bears. And the Ravens will find a way to win. And the Bears will find a way to lose. That's what they do. And speaking of guys finding ways to lose, I'm going to get to that big fella on the sideline for the Cowboys a little bit later on. Hey, let me ask you something. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that allows you to catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights from your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Now, let me tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love, but without all that hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can catch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in the same place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part is there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV and your life together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Lots to get to, Ross. What's going on, Ross? How are you? Jim, fantastic. How you doing, man? Good, dude, good. When I say there's lots to get to, there's lots to get to. So before we get to the NFL and your take on Seattle in particular, I've got to ask you about some food. You know that. You were at West Point once again for UMass v. Army. How many brats did you have? How many filet sandos did you have? And how many pork loin sandwiches did you murder? Well, so first of all, Jim, I don't know if you saw, but Bill Murray was at the game. Hmm. Bill Murray just decided he had never been to an Army game and he wanted to go. I didn't get to meet him because I was obviously up in the booth, but I would have liked to have taken Bill to the uh, to the tailgate. The, it's, it's called the famous Lichtenberg tailgate at Army. I had two filet sandwiches. I had three brats, and I was actually really proud of myself, Jim. I made the decision like, you know what, that's a, that's a lot, and if I step away now, I'll feel good about it. But then they brought out these pork loin sandwiches. So what I did was I just grabbed the pork loin sandwiches, didn't eat any more bread, and just dipped the pork loin 
itself into spicy mustard. So kind of a happy medium there where I still feel like I didn't go nuts and might have issues during the game, but I ate enough that I didn't have to eat till dinner. I think that you showed considerable restraint and great discipline. It's almost like you put a stop limit on yourself and you cut out the bread. That's that's extremely well played. So good job. Well, I mean, it's hard to say this with all those soldiers there, but on some level it was heroic. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Oh, I think that's fair to say. I think even they would agree with that. I think they would agree with that. Ross Tucker is joining us. All right, so a lot of places to start, but why don't we start with Seattle? They are 3-7. Three three and seven. They have lost five of their last six. They have scored a total of 13 points since Russell Wilson's been back. You made the point they should trade Russ. Lay out the argument for me. Why do you think that's in their best interest? Yeah, I, I just it, watching them the last two games, it just sort of feels like it's time. You know, they're not a roster – that's a player or two away. The offensive line is still struggling. They have a couple good receivers, but the defense is not nearly what they'd like it to be. And it just feels like they need to replenish. And they can stick with Russell Wilson and try to build it around him. But I don't think he really wants to be there. And I think he knows that there are other places that would be a better opportunity for him. Meanwhile, there are so many teams, Jim, that are going to be looking for a veteran quarterback, or any quarterback for that matter, and it's not a great draft for quarterbacks. Literally, when I tweeted yesterday, okay, at Ross Tucker NFL, when I said it's time for the Seahawks and Russell Wilson to part ways, you should have seen all of the Steelers fans All of the Broncos fans, the Browns fans, the Miami Dolphins fans, it is going to be a good market to trade a veteran quarterback. And let's put it this way, too. Let's say you're looking for a quarterback and you can trade for Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. I mean, you tell me who you're trying to get. The guy that still has the legal issue hanging over his head or the guy that's been squeaky clean, and I think he's only like 32, the way he does everything, he's probably got 10 years left. Hmm. Ross, not only that, but not only would I be interested in Russ if I were a number of these teams, if I were Russ, I'd be looking at these teams and think they look a lot more attractive to me than the situation I'm in right now. So if, in fact, they were to move him, if they were, does it feel like that might be the end for Pete Carroll? Or if you were in charge, would you want him to be there for a post-Russ rebuild? Yeah, I think it'd probably be a good time to make sort of a, a, a hard reset there with that organization, um, in particular with Pete Carroll. You know, I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he wants to undergo a rebuild. I mean, they, they would get three first-round picks and more, so they'd be able to replenish the roster, go with a young quarter. I think it makes the most sense for them as well. I guess they I have to decide whether or not They want Pete Carroll to be the guy to do that. He's the oldest head coach in the NFL. There are things they do, schematic, um, clock management. He's still very conservative in a lot of ways. doesn't feel like he's really adopted a lot of the analytic stuff. I think that's part of the reason why Russell Wilson wants to move on. I think he realizes that Pete Carroll is always going to want to run the football and play defense. I mean, he's a defensive-minded coach coach for the Jets, coach for the Patriots. I just think that's sort of in his DNA. 
And I don't know. You know, on the one hand, I think it'd be a good time to move on. On the other hand, it kind of feels like the uh, the Bill Belichick reset and rebuild in New England is going pretty well. Mm. Ross Tucker is joining us. All right, Ross, what about Titans-Texans? How do you explain what happened in that game? You know what? Uh, I loved the Texans mm. in this game. Here's why. The Titans, the two games before, before had won by a little bit, but they had less than 300 yards of offense in one of them, less than 200 yards of offense against the Rams. They just weren't really clicking. They weren't playing that well. You could tell not having Derrick Henry was affecting them, but Vrabel's a heck of a coach. They were finding a way to win close games. The Texans had a bye. Tyrod Taylor had more time to heal from the injury. He had come back and played against Miami, didn't play very well. Plus, I think people underestimate how many man hours go into each NFL game and why surprises are so prevalent. Upset, surprises, whatever you want to call it. I mean, you know this, Jim. There's a hundred some people in the organization all working tens and twenty hours to try to get these teams ready for this game. Sometimes they just have a better plan. You know, it doesn't happen as much in college football because of the talent disparity, but everyone's trying to come up with whatever plan they can that week to give their team the best chance for success. Sometimes the other guys come up with a really good plan. Your plan's not as good, and you lose. I mean, it's, it's why we've seen so many double-digit underdogs win this year. It's why we've seen, even yesterday, you know, the Colts blowing out the Buffalo Bills. Nobody expected that. The Bills didn't have a very good plan. The Colts had a great plan. The Colts executed. Happens way more than, like, the NBA or baseball. It's because scheme, game plan, play calling, coaching – it just means it, it matters a lot more, I feel like, in football than other sports. I think it's a really interesting point. And maybe, maybe if you're the Titans and your 100 guys are looking at the other 100 guys, knowing they've lost eight in a row, maybe you're not planning quite as hard or maybe there's something subconsciously. Who knows? They'll tell you that's not the case, but they end up getting beat. So are you craving some protein after a good workout? This time, do not make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. I'm telling you, Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender, and it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Good, good stuff. And it goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, wherever. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, clones... Ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Not to Old Trapper. Old Trapper, what's your beef? As you look around, you mentioned the Bills, Ross. When you look at what happened to the Titans and you look at what happened to the Bills, who is the best team in the AFC in your mind right now? Uh, Right now, the team that's playing the best would be the New England Patriots, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. Um, I'm not ready to say that they are the best team, but I think they're playing the best. They and and the Chiefs are playing really, really well. The Chiefs still weren't awesome offensively yesterday, but that's four games in a row that the Chiefs have been incredible on the defensive side of the ball. So right now, and by the way, the Colts are playing pretty darn well too, but right now I would say the Patriots and the Chiefs, which if you would have said that, 
four or five weeks ago, nobody would have believed you, but I guess it's sort of uh how's that go, Jim? Same as it ever was, Patriots right. and Chiefs. Yep. Yeah, but no, I mean, the Chiefs left for dead a few weeks back, and now they may arguably be the team beating the conference. Ross Tucker joining us for a few more moments. Ross, now you know the Eagles as well as anybody. I'm curious, what do you make of what you've seen from Jalen Hurts during this run where they've won three of their last four? Do you feel like maybe he has established himself as this team's quarterback, not just for this year, or for the, but for the future, or do you still need to see more from him? Well, he's certainly making big strides and taking steps in that direction. But I think it's really what Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff have done that's probably impressed me as any. They finally realized, Jim, that they need to lean on the offensive line and the run game. I mean, their offensive line has been dominant. Last four games, over 200 yards rushing a game in the NFL. You just don't see that. And anybody listening – that watched the Saints-Eagles game yesterday, it was almost laughable at times how much time Jalen Hurts had to throw the football. He's taking care of the football. His running is such a huge factor for them in the run game. It's just extremely impressive. The Eagles have a dominant offensive line. Again, I mean, I thought in 2019 they had the best O-line in the league. Right now they don't have either of their starting offensive guards, but it's hard to argue any offensive line has been better over the last month. We were talking to Ross Tucker. I don't know why we thought that Trevor Simeon was going to be anybody other than Trevor Simeon. And all of a sudden, the Saints have got some issues. Now, you and I, Ross, have talked about my front page story numerous times over the years. I've got to think it's a very busy time of year due to the holidays and Black Friday. How are things going with my front page story? Well, I appreciate you asking, and going awesome, man. Absolutely. I think finally a lot of guys that don't know what to get their wives or their mom or whatever for the holidays or Valentine's Day, I, I think they finally figured out this is way easier and way better. You just talk to one of our writers for 10 minutes. They write the most unbelievable story about your wife. It's framed. It looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. And then for the holidays, as she's opening, you say, hey, babe, I wanted something special for you this year. So I had a story written about you. That might be the best line you can give, Jim, when you're giving someone a gift. I had a story. She'll be like, wait, what do you, what do you mean you had a story written about And then she actually reads it. She'll be blown away. You got to get the money quotes in there. Like, I never thank her enough for all the little things she does. I, I don't let her know how much I truly appreciate everything she does for the kids. Like, she will cry. Your wife will cry for the holidays in a good way. Myfrontpagestory.com. She will cry. You will win. Trust me. She will cry. You will win. If you're like me, your weekend plans include kicking back and watching live sports. And it doesn't matter what sport you're watching. It's always fun to have a little bit of action. This is why I'm going to recommend downloading the WinBet app right away. Whether you're a recreational player or a serious handicapper, WinBet is your ticket to every exciting wager from straight bets to parlays, teasers, any exotic prop wager that you can dream up. And the app is so easy to use. Everybody knows Win also is one of the biggest and best brands in the gaming industry. So get off the sidelines, join in on the action and do it now. This is why I'm recommending downloading the WinBet app right away. Download the WinBet app on Google Play or in the Apple App Store and put yourself in the game. Win with WinBet. 
Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You do have to be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So with all due respect to Jonathan Taylor, who is special, man, my man is special. Flat out, special. Unbelievable back. And he's only going to get better. He is special. But with all due respect to him, he did not have the best rushing performance of the day. Nope. That honor goes to somebody who's even more special. Isaiah Stewart. Yes, the same Isaiah Stewart that we were talking about last hour. You've probably seen it, right? Detroit pissed in Isaiah Stewart. You probably saw what happened. But I'm not sure I've ever seen anybody in the 3-1-3 busting tackles. At least not since Barry Sanders. I mean, it's a story in two parts, right? Part one, LeBron. Part two, Isaiah Stewart. One part, pretty lame. One part, amazing. It all started with just over nine minutes left in the third. Detroit's up 11. The Lakers are having another bad night. Detroit's up 11. They're shooting free throws. This happened. And then we saw Zach Levine light him up, then Giannis, and then Jason Tatum. Tonight, it's their number one guy, Jeremy Grant. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, Stewart, LeBron. Stewart is hot. Yeah, You know why he's hot? Because he's bleeding out on the floor. Hell yes, Stewart's hot. (laughs) He was hot, and he was just heating up. If you think that dude was hot at that point, he was about to go nuclear in a few moments. Now, to understand what went down, why don't we go to the facts? Stewart made contact with LeBron on the box out. LeBron struck back big time. And I'm going to say with intent. I don't know exactly what the intent was, but I'm going to say with intent. Referee Scott Foster called it, quote, unnecessary and excessive contact above the shoulder. End of quote. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Thanks for that. Let me take it a step further. I mean, it, it, it was cheap. I can't tell if his fist was fully closed, but sure, it appeared to be, right? It was a lot more closed than it was open. So if you got a closed fist and you swing it like that, that's with intent. That's with some hostility, and that's with some intent, without a doubt. I'm not sure that LeBron thought to himself, you know what, I'm going to break this guy's face wide open right now. I don't know if that was the intent, except this dude's face was broken wide open right now. So I'm not exactly sure what the intent was, but it seemed like the intent was to affect Stewart's head. That was some Triple G Greg Williams stuff right there, like affect the head. If you ball up your fist and you swing it, you are looking to affect the head. And the effect was to open the head up so lots of blood could pour out. So he's going to get suspended for it. He should. As I mentioned earlier, my take is, if it were me, and I was doling out the punishment, if it were me, and I were the commissioner, I wouldn't suspend LeBron for that. I would make LeBron sit down in a dark room and watch Space Jam 2 on a loop. Trust me, he'll never ball up his fist ever again and swing it on anybody if he had to do that. You know why? Because you need a deterrent. A legitimate deterrent. See, it doesn't matter if you're LeBron James or you're the last guy on the bench on a last place team. If you ball up your fist and you swing it and you break open the other dude's face, you're going to sit. 
and you're going to watch Space Jam 2. And you're going to watch it for a long time, and you're going to hate it because everybody does. But, 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 let's, let's be fair to LeBron. This is not Chris Paul we're talking about. This is not a guy who's got a history of dirty or cheap shots. LeBron's been in the NBA for like a century, and he's only been injected twice. So, obviously, he got caught up. Obviously, the frustration got the better part of him. Obviously, that was a bad moment. Except it's not a trend. It's not a pattern of behavior. It's not something he's known for. I would expect better from him than that, but it's not something that he's known for. It's not like this guy's out there cheap-shotting guys or blasting them in the package over and over again. It's not like he's a guy who's running through picks with his elbow up over and over again. It's not like he's got a pattern of this behavior. What he's got a pattern of is making bad movies, like Space Jam 2, for instance. But I know this. If you're going to be the GOAT or the alleged GOAT or in that conversation and everybody takes their cue from you, that's the bottom line, right? If everybody takes their cue from you because you're the guy, you can't lose your cool like that. I get guys throwing an arm when they feel like they've been fouled, but you can't do what he did. But this is not going to change the way this guy's seen. It's not going to change this guy's legacy. Just a bad moment, man. And it was dirty. And it was cheap. But it doesn't mean that he's a cheap shot artist or a dirty player. Now, moving ahead to Stewart. My man. Stewart obviously was not in a good way. He was not in a good way. And there was no doubt in his mind that there was intent. There was no doubt in his mind that it was dirty. There was no doubt in his mind that it was a cheap shot. And I don't want to hear from people that were saying... Hey, man, he didn't really want to fight. He didn't want any part of LeBron. He was not looking to do anything at all. He only started to get animated when there was a billion people on the floor. Let me tell you something. You look at this guy, and you tell me if he's a fake tough guy, or if you tell me he really wanted a piece of the guy who swung that hammer fist. And everybody's coming out now. Now, this is ridiculous. You got to have caught an elbow or something, but... Oh, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of blood streaming from the side of the eye. Look, here goes Stewart! Yeah, I think he's a little upset. You've got coaches, you've got security guys. Look at Dwayne Casey's like, just calm down. And there's Cade Cunningham also. It was along the free throw line on the free throw, and he's still trying to get loose. He is knocking over. Uh, he's out of the game without question. I mean, this it's is like he's running through the line. That's nuts. That's just yeah, crazy that's, right that's now. That's just crazy. That's crazy right now. And both coaching staffs are making sure that the players don't. I don't know what I like best about that. This notion that he didn't really want to fight when he clearly did. Or the PA announcers saying over and over again, all fans stay in your seats. All fans stay in your seats. We don't need another Netflix doc. We don't need another 30 for 30. All fans stay in your seats. Like they were going to rush the floor. Or maybe could have. Listen, don't tell me that this is just a guy 
acting like he wants to fight when he doesn't. Don't act me, tell me that he's just trying to look a certain way. He's not trying to look anything. He's not trying anything. He's not trying to be tough. He is tough. He's not pretending to be pissed. He is pissed. There were like a billion people on the floor, and they could not do anything to stop this guy. He was looking for a piece of anyone in purple at that point. And again, I understand it. When you're bleeding out from the face like he was, when your head is cracked open, when you taste your own blood, you're looking for somebody. This is a guy that needed five stitches, according to one report, eight stitches, according to another report, and it's because of what LeBron did to him. So he was looking to have somebody else stitched up from L.A. Hey, man, I get it. I get where this guy's coming from. He felt like he got dotted. He felt like he got cheap-shotted. He was standing up for himself. This dude was looking to leave the floor, but not before he took another body or 10 with him. But I got to be real about this. Here's the part that I don't really understand. The hell was everybody else doing on that floor in that moment? How was half the league on that floor and Stewart is still breaking tackle after tackle after tackle? Like, how did this guy get out there into open space? How was this guy running for daylight? How did somebody not wrap this guy up? Now, I know it's easy for me to say, but how in the world does Isaiah Stewart break free from like 50 guys to make another run at LeBron? And he didn't do it once. He did it multiple times. There were multiple times where he was contained by anywhere from 6 to 10 guys, and yet he continued to break tackle after tackle after tackle. I understand you want to keep your legs moving, but this dude was moving the pile, and nobody was pushing him into the end zone either. This guy was dragging dudes. This was Barry Sanders running into the line of scrimmage and then breaking out on the other side time and time and time again. There are some Piston staffers in arena security who need to hit the gym. All right? They need to fuel properly. They need to get in the gym, and they got to start throwing some weights around. And also, they need to work on form tackling. Wrap dudes up. Wrap the hell up. Is there anybody there who knows how to wrap up? And how do you buy the old, I'm good, I'm good, I'm cool, it's cool, it's cool, fake out, and ease up on him only for him to blast by you and put you in the ground? And I'm good, I'm good, no, 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 leave me alone, man, I'm good, I'm good. And then he blasts right by you again, deeks you again. Did he look good to you? Did he look like he was cool? Did he look like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Hell no, he didn't. Even when they practically carried this guy off the floor and into the tunnel, he was still looking for blood because he sprinted down the tunnel. I half expected to see him sprinting down the tunnel of the arena and run back to the court like the ultimate warrior. And can I tell you something else? At this point, at this point, this dude was running so hot. He no longer was only about trying to get a piece of LeBron. I think this guy wanted to fight every Laker. And not just every Laker on the floor, but anybody who's ever worn a Laker uniform. I think this guy wanted to fight Laker Nation. Russ, DJ, AD, Kareem, George Mikan, Kurt Rambis. I think he wanted a piece of every Laker ever. All of them. Man, my man, Isaiah Stewart, he's all up in here looking for Mark Madsen, Eddie Jones, Eldon Campbell. 
Nick Van Exel, every member of the Buzz family. He wanted a piece of someone or everyone. My man didn't want all the smoke. He was the smoke. The only thing that kept this guy from tearing that joint apart was Cade Cunningham. The rookie saved Stewart a lot of money in fines and saved everybody else a trip to the hospital. Because I know for certain it was not going to be arena security that was going to stop Stewart last night. There were some folks out there making business decisions and deciding to go all matador on Stewart. Yeah, now I'm good. I don't need to jump in front of that dude and blow out an ACL or a lung. My man is about to rip LeBron bleeping James apart. Let me tell you about it. And I get it, man. Self-preservation. But some of these dudes were showing some of the worst open field tackling you will ever see. I'm talking about Piston players, staffers, security, all of them. You know why? They know who they were dealing with. A guy who was pissed off. This dude is trucking dudes. There were dudes flat on their backs. My guys out there lighting up chumps and snot-bubbling suckers like he's Jerome Bettis. No wonder he's already a meme. No wonder we've already seen that clip of him breaking free from about a dozen people with captions like, me on Thursday when the turkey comes out. No dopes, nor do I need you sending that clip to me with some hilarious one-liner like Charlie and Lawrence at the drive-thru. Rex and Rob Ryan at Golden Corral. If you've thought of it, I guarantee I've already received it. I don't want to name names, but there were some folks on that court who were in the building solely to prevent something like that from happening, and they did nothing to prevent that from happening. Looked like a damn turnstile when Isaiah Stewart went running by. And I'm not in any way mocking this guy, man. I understand why he was hot. I understand why this guy was hot. His face was cracked wide open. So, was it dirty? Isaiah thought so. Was it cheap? Isaiah thought so. And by the way, I'm not going to argue with him. Braun got caught up in the moment, man. That clearly was frustration. Either frustration of the season, frustration of that game. Who, who knows what was going on in that guy's head? But I don't expect to see that guy do something like that. Because if a guy that big and that strong... Balls up his fist and he swings it. Somebody's face is getting cracked open if there is contact. And there was. And believe me, you want to know who did do their job? The public address announcer who said about 10 times, stay in your seat. Do not go onto the floor. Do not go onto the floor. Why? They don't need another melee. And two, oh, Isaiah was going to take somebody apart. And if you got between him and any Laker, it was going to be your face. All right, so what's happening next? Suspensions. I'm sure of it. But what should happen next is LeBron should have to watch Space Jam on a loop. Trust me, he'll never, ever do that again. And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful, like Cashback Match, for instance. Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that actually make sense. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. That's discover.com slash match. Limitations do apply. Paul 
in Sacramento. Good to have you, Paul. How are you? Pimp in the box. Top of the morning to you, buddy. You too, dude. What's up? Hey, man. Listen, long time listener, man. I've called a couple times, man. And uh, I just, the punk ward needs to check in with the pimp in the box every now and then, bro. So, hey, well, bro, bro, bro did you just question, say, bro, did you say the funk lord? Funk lord, bro. Oh, funk hell lord. yes, funk, dude. Good gloss. What, how did you get that? What does that mean? Listen, bro, that is an old moniker that uh, me and some friends when we were younger kind of picked up because we were the cream of the crop in the neighborhood, bro. So, in. Ah, bro, him. No. Damn, don't Paul. Like that I don't like that call. I mean this, dude. Not a very good call. I don't want to say that hurt me more than that hurt you, but that hurt me about as much as it hurt you. All right, so from the very first moment I sat in my ex chair, my body immediately went, ah, this is what a real office chair is supposed to feel like. <laughs> I mean, like I never actually looked forward to sitting in my office chair until I got my X chair. That's how amazing the X chair is. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? Yeah, my X chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? My X chair can. It's all in the LMAX massage and temperature regulation, exclusively designed and made for X chair. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort. These are all the reasons I love my X chair, and now I can't wait to be at work. Sometimes, even if I'm not working, I just sit down and I kick it in my X chair, you know, to get that feeling. So take my advice. Try X chair for yourself, risk-free for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, you will never go back. Go to xchairrome.com right now. That's the letter X, chair, R-O-M-E.com, or call one 844 for X chair and get 100 bucks off your order. X chair has a 30 day guarantee of complete comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. That's xchairrome.com, xchairrome.com. We are joined by DJ Humphreys. DJ, good to have you back. How are you? Wrong was good, baby. How you doing, man? <laughs> good, dude. Good. Good to hear your voice. All right, so you guys dropped hey, a tough right. one. Yeah, you too, man. Appreciate you. We, <laughs> You guys dropped a tough one to Carolina the week before, so can you take yeah. me back to the start of yesterday's game in Seattle? What was the mindset? What was the mentality of the group heading into yesterday's game? Man, everybody was just ready to get out there, man, and, and, and get that get that taste out of their mouth. That one lingered, I'm going to be honest with you. That one, uh, that one from Carolina lingered, for sure, just because, you know, the history I think between us and those guys. But getting out there on Sunday, man, you could tell guys is eager to get out there and get that win, get a win on us, so we can get that L off us real quick. Right. DJ Humphreys joining us. So Colt McCoy had a big day. He completed 35 passes yeah. for 328 yards, a couple of TDs. How proud were you of the way he showed up? And what's to say about him that he was able to show up like that on the road in a game you had to have? Man, I was I was super proud to see Colt ball like that, but I also wasn't surprised at the same time. You know, if you ever – if you're in our building and you watch Coach, yeah, he has a full understanding of what's going on with our offense to the to the T, like you know what I mean, to the level of coaches that we. I, I kind of look at at him as a player coach role, kind of you know what I mean. So seeing him getting out there and watching him do the things and make the reads and checks and all that stuff like that, it wasn't really surprising to see him do that because I know he knows it so well. It was just awesome for me to see him get out there, thrive, and watch him when he get in his mode and you can see he, how he's carrying himself. He got that swagger about him because he's normally super even keel and chill. But he, he loves he loves the guy there and compete, man. So watching that, that light flicker off for him has been awesome the last few weeks. 
DJ Humphreys joining us. So I'm curious, like your job, does your job change when you're blocking? I mean, obviously, totally different guys. But does your job change when you're blocking for Cole as opposed to Kyler Murray? Or do you not really change anything at all? I try to not change anything at all. I try to like pride myself on being a guy that just blocks until the whistle blows so it doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? What's going on in the backfield? I'm just going to take I'm, my guy. We're going to play. I'm going to make the team first 10 versus 10 because I'm going to get my guy off the board. That's the, that's the mentality I try to play with. So I try to keep that mindset of, you know what I mean? It, 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 there's no clocks as, as to how long this ball is supposed to be back there or what's supposed to be. You just, you got your role. You know what you're supposed to do. Not to do it off the ball, and we'll see where the chips fall at after, after the play. DJ Humphreys joining us. Listen, I understand that it's a next man up league, but let me ask you this. How much of a statement is there to be made when you guys beat a division rival? by double digits without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Do you feel like there's a statement in that? Oh, 100%. 100%. I think that that was, uh, that was something that I always thought about, you know what I mean, about our team. Like, in the beginning of the season when we were rolling, I said, man, this is, we're, we're a really good team, obviously, but it's like the pieces the pieces that we got, it's hard for us to not be a good team. You know what I mean? It's hard to not be a good team. But you got Kyler Murray and D-Hop on the field and Chandler Jones and, and, and J.J. and those guys. You know what I mean? Jordan hits all those guys. On our, it, it's hard to not be a good team when you've got those guys. But then when you start losing guys and you watch the, the guys that's been behind them rise to the occasion and step up and, 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 and do what we need them to do, it's, it's awesome to see. That's something that I, that I was waiting to see from our team. And I feel like these last few weeks we, we've gotten to see it in, in, real, in real life time. No doubt. DJ Humphreys joining us. Now, when you and I spoke back in March, we talked about what it takes to play your position, and you're playing it at an even higher level. It felt like you were really close to the Pro Bowl last year. Guys around you have been talking about how much you've grown and improved since you first arrived in the league. Like, when you look at yourself, how would you compare yourself now as to the guy who was drafted back in 2015? Oh, man, I think those are, those are two completely different people. Um I, I owe that I owe that to a lot of a lot of people that I've attached myself with over the last seven years. You know, uh, Hackboy Peters and Larry Fitzgerald and, and, and AQ Shipley and those guys like that. And then being being blessed to to, to be able to train with my guy Charles down here in Arizona, I've been able to put myself around a lot of people that knew it better than me in the time where I couldn't couldn't get it together. And that was something I figured out about myself early. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I need to get around a bunch of people that do because they'll help me figure it out eventually. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's starting to, it's starting to come in into effect. Um, but it's, it's super exciting for me though, because I play in a division with, 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 with three other tackles that I hold in very high regard. And I know that those guys respect me, uh, as a player and as a person. So that for me, those three guys, you know, Wit and, and Trent and, and, and Big uh, Big Brown and uh, Seattle, those guys, I know how, how they feel about me as a player. And that that's something, and that's really why I play the game, to get that, that respect to guys that I grew up watching. And, uh, Trent Williams is the first person that I put on film when I learned, when I started playing left tackle. And, and for him to, you know, be, be excited to see me after games and, you know what I mean, embrace me and stuff like that, those, that's, that's really why I play the game. That recognition right there is what it's what I'm here for. My man, you just said something so awesome. You said, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, so I surrounded myself with people who did. I mean, I think we're all a product of that, right? We are a product of who we surround ourselves with, so you want to surround yourselves in any walk of life, right, with people who, I don't want to say are better, but just maybe who can give you something to make you better. What about this? What's it been like having Rodney Hudson on the offensive line? What does he mean to the unit? Oh my goodness, that's another one of those people that are just like putting yourself around good people that are just Helping you evolve yourself. I mean, Rodney's—he's uh, changed our, our office in line tremendously. I mean, just the way that he conducts his business in the middle, and and the way that he runs us and gets us all in line. I, I, I tell people all the time. 
I joke my joke around the facilities. Like all I all I do is block the end until Rodney tells me otherwise. That's all I do every day. I just block <laughs> the end until Rodney tells me different because he's gonna put us on the same page every snap, no matter what player it is, no matter what the situation is, how crunchy it is, how last second we got to stick. He's gonna get the job done for us, and he does it on a consistent basis every time. I mean, dude, how about that? Like, you've said it yourself, like, there's some stuff that you guys get into and out of that'll make your head spin. How good is he at slowing everything down and communicating the details of what has to get done? Like, how important is that to you and the entire team that he's got that ability I mean, to do so? It, it's so important, especially for a like, person like me. I like to play fast. So Rodney puts me in a position where I'm, I'm not thinking about anything. Literally, every all I think about is that I genuinely, I'm, only, I'm blocking the end. That's all I'm doing. And he, he puts me in that position because he's just that guy. He has it down so good. He knows exactly what he's looking at when he looks at the defense. He knows what he wants to do, and he knows how he wants to attack it. And that's, uh, when you put when you put uh, our, our guys like that in a situation like that, I mean, it's, it's nothing but successful. DJ Humphrey's my guest. You know, when you think about the NFL and you think about what goes into it and how committed you have to be, you can see where that could be, like, overwhelming or all-encompassing. But you've been really, really careful and dedicated and determined to also make your stand off the field to give back. Earlier this year, you started Pee Wee's House. It's a foundation that you named in honor of your grandmother, Eleanor Means. What kind of an impact did she have on you as a Oh, man, she was she was one of my biggest uh, impacts on me as a person, as a kid growing up. You know, uh, respect is one of the biggest things she taught me. Uh, always respect them, giving respect first. When you meet someone new or when you go into a place like that, you know what I mean? You always, you always lead with respect. You respond to disrespect. Always lead with respect and respond to disrespect. That was her thing that she, that she always done. But she, she was such a, a pivotal person in my life. You know, I, I grew up in a, in a kind of rough area, and, and she was determined her whole life. She made it her goal to make sure that the streets didn't get me. That was her, her, her phrase that she always she was telling me, I'm, never gonna, I'm not going to let these streets get you. And she did it, and she did it. So that, that, was, that, was, that was the gym, one of the gyms of my life right there. My grandmother, too. That is so great. You're from Union, South Carolina. Your mother says that you and your grandmother were like, quote, peas and carrots. And you were talking about yeah, the relationship. Like, so what's it mean to you to be able to honor your grandmother with your foundation? It, it, mean, it means so much to me because I, I, I made my foundation from my hometown. Uh, it's such a small place. And it, me and uh, receiver Shy Smith that plays for the Carolina Panthers, we're pretty much the only guys to ever really really get out of there, you know what I mean, and, and, and be able to do something positive. So uh, coming back home and, and being able to, to to shine the light on her with all the, the things that I'm doing and everything that you see, you see her face on everything, that's that's the biggest part for me because she was such a loving person and she was so giving. So being able to do that with her name on the front of it, it just it, it warmed my heart. And it, 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 I, I love what it does to my mother, how, how my mother looks, how proud she is when we're there doing this stuff and how happy she is. That really warmed my heart. That's great, man. I love hearing that. All right, so you've got to buy this week before you face the Bears on December 5th. How are you going to approach the buy, and how nice is it to get a chance to kind of rest and recover at this point in the season? Oh, man, I'm excited for the buy. It's, it's, uh, I was kind of mad at the beginning of the season because I was like, dang, I buy the week 12. That's kind of a little ways away. But it timed up perfect, actually, with us having the, three, the, the Thursday night game a few weeks ago and then now having this, kind of like having those buys about four weeks apart pretty much. But I'm definitely going to attack it, kind of, you know what I mean, make sure I stay in this shape. I'll be in town. I have family coming to town for Thanksgiving and stuff. But my main focus is make sure we keep this train rolling. Starting to hit the sweet spot with my technique and stuff like that. So making sure I stay on top of it, get out there, get some reps throughout the week. Make sure I don't get lax when we come back. We're ready to roll on this week.
Two-time team captain, seventh NFL season. And if you didn't know already, now you know why he was named the media good guy in 2020 by the Arizona Media Group, DJ Humphreys. DJ, I appreciate you, man. Great to have you on. Thanks for helping me close the show today. Always, Rome. I appreciate you having me, man. Dietrich Wise Jr. is my guest. Dietrich, good to have you on. How are you? I'm doing well. How you doing today, Jim? Good, dude. Good. Good to visit with you. So you're coming off that shutout in your last game. The team has won five straight. You woke up in first this morning. I got to ask you about that. Like, coming off a Thursday night game, it can be rough. But when you get that win and you get a shutout and you get a few extra days off, how good does that feel to have that extra time? It, it definitely uh, makes all the work that we, we put into the season thus far uh, worth it. You know, it's a good feeling waking up in the morning seeing that on the news. I bet, right? So after the win over Atlanta, Kyle Van Noy was talking about having a, quote, two-and-four mindset. Like, on the one hand, that mm-hmm. two-and-four start seems like ancient history. That feels like a long time ago. But do you still go to work and attack everything like a two-and-four team instead of a seven-and-four team? Most definitely. Uh, that's the mindset that's, that we instilled in our mind. Uh, even though for y'all it's ancient history, for us it's just yesterday. Uh, so we uh, just lock out, lock out all the noise ignore the hype, and just keep that mindset, stay hungry, and focus on the next week. All right, so as a defense, yeah, I was going to say, as a defense, you've given up 13 points in the last three games, 50 points overall in the last five. Again, from the outside, it seems like you guys are absolutely locked in and getting better by the game. How would you describe the feeling on the defense right now? Well, you know, we're hungry. We're hungry to – we have a lot of guys on our team from uh, Adrian – from uh, AP to uh, Matt Judon, uh, Hightower, Van Noy, uh, uh, DG, Gotchow, Lawrence Guy, guys like like that. We all play play together. All of us are hungry to make plays, and uh, we want to keep dominating week in, week out. Dietrich Wise Jr. is joining us. That's a lot of quality. When you lay it out like that, you mention those guys by name. That's a lot of character. That's a lot of grit. That's a lot of quality. You mentioned Judon. Judon, I thought, had one of the best lines of the year when he said, quote, we kind of want to be a-holes on the field, but good guys off the field. I, I actually love that quote and that description. description. How do you as a defense show up and be a-holes on the field? Like, how can you be an a-hole without crossing the line? Uh, playing hard within the whistle, letting them know we're here to play. And uh, like I said earlier, being dominant, dominating the person in front of you every single play until the whistle blown. All right, so what about Judon? What has he brought to the defense in terms of productivity and also just attitude? Like he said, uh, he, he, he quoted his attitude and what he brought, what he, he's bringing to the team and bringing to the game. Uh, he's been doing a great job rushing the passer, stopping the run, setting the edge, anything that uh, coaches ask for him, him to do, he's doing it. Right, so you're talking about like toughness and physicality. I'm curious, easy to talk about scheme and execution, but sometimes does it just come down to being tougher and more physical than the other guy? In fact, how often is it just a matter of that, being tougher and more physical? Well, that's every single play. Like we always say, coaches coach, players play. So coaches, what they do all week, every day, 24-7, is write the, the game plan up X and O's. This is what we need to do. It's upon us to go out there on the field, take exactly what they give us, and uh, execute it to the highest level. And that's what we do. You know, when you're talking about coaches, coach, and players play, I want to ask you about a coach, but not your head coach. I want to ask you about the head coach's kid. And I mean this sincerely. Like, I'm not I'm not clowning around at all. Like, Steve, Steve Belichick, is getting a lot of run, and social media loves him. But, like, what's he like as a dude and a coach, and how much of an impact does he have on that D? 
Well, you know, he's a great guy, uh, awesome character, great personality. Um, him and him and uh, Mayo, they kind of do a great job right now, just uh, implementing and, and ex- explaining what they want out of the, their defense, and that's kind of what um, has been executed or taught so far. I got you. What about the big man himself? This is now your fifth year with the Patriots and with Bill Belichick. I'm going to argue, and again, it's just me. What the hell do I know? But I'm going to argue it's one of the best coaching jobs I've ever seen this guy do, and that says a lot when you consider he's probably the best to ever do it. Has he done anything special or different this year, or is it just same as it ever was, and the stability and the consistency is what's the key? Well, you know, he, he, he's the same person day in, day out. I don't think he's changed in the last five years or 65 years. He's, he's been the same bill. Um, he does a great job of finding talent and uh, does an awesome job of letting everybody know what the game plan is and what we, we need to do to execute each week. Dietrich Weiss Jr. is joining me. You know, we were talking off camera. I was in New York for the NFL and CBS, and we were talking about how, like, when guys come back, like, they leave, but the guys who come back, man, they, they just know the Patriot way. They know the system. Mm-hmm. What's it like when you when you see guys come back that have gone away? Do they come back with a different perspective? Do they pick up right where they left off? Like, what's it like when guys do come back to the system? Man, we, we always welcome them with open arms. Uh, Jamie, Kyle, Ted, guys like that who have came back to us. Um, always let us know how different it is in other places from the top to the, to the bottom, from the left to the right. It's all, it's a hundred percent different, completely different, but they, they always know um, uh, where they stand with the team. And like, they always know like, Hey, I have to come in, work and produce. And that's exactly what they all do. Hey, I'm really curious about that. Like I, w- I would imagine that what you do playing there and being in that system, well, look, playing anywhere in the NFL, is not going to be easy. Nothing, nothing is easy. When those guys come back, like, do they do they appreciate it more? Maybe because, like, when you're in it, it's a grind. Now, when they go elsewhere, when they come back, do they appreciate that grind even more? Well, that I don't know. You have to ask, ask one of them one day. Uh, but uh, I only know what I see, and they always come back and and give it their all. I think that's fair. All right, so really quickly, I know you're on the other <laughs> side of the ball, but you go up against quarterbacks, so you know what makes a quarterback special, what makes a quarterback different. All of that said, what is it about Mac Jones that makes him unique and special, especially at that young age? Well, he's willing to learn. He's, 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 he does what Coach asks him to do day in, day out, uh, and he's hungry. Uh, we all can see it, and uh, uh, he goes out there every Sunday or Thursday, and does just that. Give you everything he, he got. All right, so two really quick things. I know you're not looking beyond the next question, much less the next practice or the next game, but you have been on some really good teams. This team is a, a team that's on a roll right now. It's in first place. Does it feel like it's got a chance to not only win the division, but get into the postseason and make a deep run? Does it feel like any of the teams you've played on before? Well, you know, um, we always knew we had something special uh, back in August, back in June, doing OTAs and stuff. Uh, even though everybody around us was talking about this and that and how we're this and that when we was two and four, and, and now that our record is seven and four now, everybody's talking about oh, what we could be. We don't really focus on that. We always focus on, like you say, the next game, the next play, and I feel like we can be as good as we want to be. When you were two and four, like were you hearing that stuff? Were you reading that stuff, or do you just shut it down and block it out altogether? Yeah, uh, we like we always shut everything down. We 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 ignore the noise just as much we as just as much as we ignore the hype. 
it's all the same thing. So I know the same people that talk good about you be the same same people that, that talk bad about you. So we always stay focused, listen to our locker room leaders, and uh, keep our nose down and keep grinding. I got you. One last thought. This week you're going to face uh-huh. another really physical team in Tennessee, but obviously the offense is so much different without Derrick Henry. I know it's early in the week. What are your early thoughts about matching up with them without Derrick Henry? Well, hey, I feel like they're coming off uh, uh, the game they had. I want to say they're going to be hungry and ready to go. So we're going to face the best, the best Tennessee Titans thus far, and uh, we're looking forward to facing them. He is a Super Bowl champion. He's a defensive end with the Patriots. New England is in first. They're seven and four. Dietrich Wise Jr. is my guest. Dietrich, appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for doing that. Hey, man. Thank you very much, man. Always a pleasure being here. Good night.